0: Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, the risen Jesus Christ. For our sermon today, we're focusing on our gospel text, which we uh, read just a few moments ago. Uh, But since this is the greatest news we could ever possibly hear, uh, we'll hear it once again from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled away the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. "'Come, see the place where the Lord lay. "'Go quickly and tell his disciples, "'He has risen from the dead. "'And look, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. "'There you will see him. "'See, I have told you.' "'They hurried away from the tomb with fear and great joy "'and ran to tell his disciples. "'Suddenly Jesus met them and said, "'Greetings.' "'They approached, took hold of his feet, "'and worshipped him. "'Then Jesus said to them, "'Do not be afraid.' Go tell my brothers that they should go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Dear Heavenly Father, these words are yours, and so we know that they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. Oftentimes when we read accounts like this in Scripture, we have a tendency to read them like a, a textbook, like a newspaper article, uh, devoid of emotion, completely ignoring the human aspect of, of what the people in the text are experiencing at the time. And not relying on your, emotion, your emotions when it, it comes to faith and how you feel, that's good advice. That's, that's, that's sound teaching, right? Because God's word, his promises are true no matter how we feel at any given time. This morning, I want you to think about the, the, the roller coaster of emotions that the women in our text, these two Marys, are taken on, that they had already been on even before they come to the tomb. Remember, a lot has happened in the last week. Uh, just seven days ago, we celebrated Palm Sunday, another, another service of, of victory, of, of excitement. We had what seemed like 300 kids marching through our, our, our sanctuary here, waving their palm branches, singing praises to Jesus. That's just a small fraction of the celebration that happened in Jerusalem as Jesus rode in. Everyone is, is filled with excitement and anticipation at Jesus' arrival. That includes these women. They're filled with anticipation, with excitement about Jesus. And they carry that, that excitement, that feeling through the week. And then Friday comes, Good Friday. And it comes like, like a freight train out of nowhere. We call it Good Friday because we know what Jesus' death means. We know what Jesus' death won for us. But for these women watching this happen, this had to have been one of the absolute worst days of their life. The same Jesus who rode into shouts of praise and honor and glory, now they watch as he is is crucified, as he is killed. These same women are, are there standing by the tomb as Joseph of Arimathea lays the lifeless body of Jesus in the tomb, and rolls the stone in front of it. And To understand the, the joy that Easter holds for these women, we have to understand the reality of the, the grief and the, the terror, the fear, the disappointment that gripped them from the time that, that Jesus was put on that cross until the moment that they see his tomb is empty. And that's true for us too. to to understand the the joy that Easter holds for us, to understand why this is such an exciting day, why there is so much celebration and happiness today. We have to fully understand the the reality of the brokenness and grief that sin brings. Sin infects every single one of us. And sin is is the cause of separation between us and God. It's the cause of anxiety. It's the cause of fear. It's the cause of shame and, and guilt. You read through our, our bulletin at the back page and you can see that I don't have to talk to you about the, the, the grief that, that, that sin brings as it, it ushers in death. I listed there are, are the names of those in whose honor these flowers are given. And so I know that, that, that the sting of death, you felt that too. And it's in that, that grief, that, that feeling, that, that sting and all of its rawness that these women go to the tomb that Sunday morning right at dawn. The best way to explain it is that they, they are numb with grief, right? It, it can't feel anything else. They are, they are numb to the world around them, and it's in that that grief, in that sadness, that they forgot the promises of Jesus. Because for these women, for the followers of Jesus, for his disciples, everything had gone horribly wrong. Thursday night, they are are with Jesus, celebrating the Passover. He's washing their feet, serving them. They're they're hanging out, having a good time. Friday night, he's dead, and buried. But for Jesus, everything had gone exactly according to plan. Even these women are are unknowingly fulfilling their roles perfectly. Jesus had warned the disciples. He had warned his followers. The the right before his arrest, he said this. He said, You will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. Even on that first Easter morning, Jesus' enemies were rejoicing. They were celebrating the fact that they had won. Not only had they gotten rid of this problem, they had killed their enemy, but they had had encouraged the people to be on their side, to incite the people to call out for for this popular teacher's crucifixion. But now it's time for Jesus to fulfill his promise, to take that that deep, raw emotion of sorrow and grief and turn it into joy. So first the women arrive at the tomb and that, that grief is turned into confusion and fear and panic. Right, an, an earthquake hits, which is a, a huge event in itself. But then they see an angel who has, has come down from heaven, who looks like lightning, whose clothes are as white as snow, and he has already rolled away the, the stone from the tomb and is sitting on top of it. And we know this, this, this moment has so much power. Because look at the effect that it had on these guards who are standing there, supposed to be protecting Jesus' body so that no one steals it. They, they pass out from the amazement, from the terror of this situation then the angel speaks and it's a message of of hope and joy and victory that angel says do not be afraid i know that you're looking for jesus who was crucified for jesus who died on the cross who you saw die he's not here he has risen just as he said come see the place where the lord lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead in a moment, their, their, their grief is turned into overwhelming, all-encompassing, never-ending joy. And it's the, the same joy that fills the hearts of us, of God's people, as we come to, to fully understand, to know the, what that open tomb means for us today and for every single day of our life. And what happens next as, as these women respond to the, the fact that Jesus has risen, this is the same way that, that every Christian responds to the fact that the tomb is empty and Jesus is victorious. First, they, they come and they see. They see for themselves, yes, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And they go and they tell. They tell the disciples exactly what has happened. And then they cling to Jesus and they worship him. This is the same response that every Christian has as we learn the truth, as as the, the eyes of faith, as our eyes of faith are open for us. So come and see. What are the women supposed to see? They're supposed to see the empty tomb. The fact that the same Jesus that they saw buried there just days before is gone and that he has risen from the dead. Have you ever been so excited that you just you're just shaking? with excitement. It's shaking and disbelief. That's what I imagine these women doing as they peek inside the tomb in fear and amazement and great joy and see, yes, it is empty. Jesus is not there. And if this is true, if Jesus's resurrection is real, if it's not a fairy tale or a story, then this is the single most important historical event that the world has ever known and will ever know. If Jesus fulfilled his promise, if he did what he said he was going to do, the impact, the meaning that this holds for us, it can't be overstated. When we come and see, when we look at God's word, when we read these first-hand accounts of people who witnessed it, who saw it, who spoke to Jesus after he rose, who were there for these events as they happened, we too, we see that there is no other logical explanation to any of these things other than the fact that Jesus Rose from the dead. Disciples could not have stolen Jesus' body. There were armed professional soldiers guarding that tomb while his followers, while the disciples, were cowering in fear behind locked doors. Jesus did not just pass out on the cross and they took him down and put him in the tomb and then he he kind of rested for a while and, and got his strength back and then walked out of the tomb. He was nailed to the cross, crucified, and he died. The soldiers came and they saw that he was dead and, and, and pierced his side with the spear to make sure that the job was finished. This is not just fake news. This is not just what people have made up. More than 500 people saw Jesus with their own eyes and testified to the fact that they saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. All the enemies of Jesus had to do to, to put down Christianity forever, to be done with this problem. It's to show people the body of Jesus. To put it on display. And then Christianity does not exist. We are not here celebrating here this morning. But they could not do that because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus lives even today. So come to God's word and see what this means for us. It means that God's holy one, Jesus, was innocent. It means that sin never touched him. The power of death is sin. Jesus had no sin, so, so death had no hold on our Savior. That open and empty tomb is a, a trumpet blast, an announcement to the entire world that the sinless death of the Son of God has paid for your sin. That sacrifice paid for all sin, for the sins of the entire world, not just yours, but for every sin that has ever been committed. So you never have to live in, in worry or fear that you have sinned more than, than, than the grace of, of Jesus Christ can cover. Every single mistake you've made, every regret you have, every ounce of guilt that you feel over falling short, Jesus has paid for all of it. Come and see that his sacrifice was enough to win for you forgiveness. Come and see what this means for our future. See that the open, empty tomb means for us heaven. Paul writes about this. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. The pattern which all Christians will follow after we die. And again, indeed, if we believe Jesus died and rose again, then in the same way, we also believe that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. Come and see in God's word that because he lives, you also will live. That you who have been made a child of God through faith, who have been united with Christ in his death, We'll be united with him in a resurrection just like his. With our own eyes, we will see God. Come and see in his word that God explains that because Jesus rose, we don't have to live in fear. That's the message of the angel. That's the message of Jesus to to these women and to you today. Do not be afraid. You don't have to live with fear. You don't have to live with worry. You don't have to live with regrets that life is not turning out exactly as you wanted it to. You don't have to live with feeling like you are not important or valuable. Jesus' resurrection changes all of this. He has conquered our enemies. He has overcome sin, death, and the devil. He has given you hope and a future. He has given you meaning and purpose in your life. He has proven to each one of you how much he cares for you, how precious and valuable you are to you. Jesus died for you, and not just for you, but for you. Make it personal. Jesus died for me. Jesus rose in victory for me so that I can live every single day of my life knowing knowing that I am living for heaven, knowing that I have been freed from the tyranny of sin and death, from the tyranny of living in fear, I am living for Him. This knowledge, living with this, this, this joy over our redemption, it changes us. It marks us as different. It's the power source in our lives to, to, to live for Christ, to live lives of faith. And just like these women, we go and we tell. They ran, our text says, in fear and great joy to tell the disciples what they knew to be true. Jesus is alive. We're saved. Our sins are forgiven. Our our king is victorious. It's the same exact message that we proclaim today. It's the same exact message that we bring into the world. Jesus is alive. We are saved. Forgiveness is ours. Our king is victorious. It's a message of, of hope and victory, the good news of the love of God overcoming sin and death. As the women are, are running, in great joy and fear, Jesus appears to them. This is one of the most hilariously understated sections in all of Scripture. Because Jesus, the, the, the risen Son of God, appears before these ladies as they're running, still probably with doubts in their mind. They've, they've experienced an earthquake, they've seen an angel, they've looked at the, the tomb empty. I'm still sure they're, they're thinking, can this possibly be real? Can Jesus really have risen? And now here he is right in front of them. And he simply says, Greetings. And, and in the original language, in Greek, it is the most common, most ordinary greeting imaginable. It's like Jesus appearing before us here today and saying, Hi. And these women see Jesus with their own eyes, and they dive at his feet, they, they grasp him, and they, they cling to him, and they worship him. And don't miss the important fact that this means that Jesus had feet to be grabbed. Right? They grab his feet, meaning he is not, in, not just an, an image. He's not just a, a ghost or a spirit. Jesus is there physically. And they cling to him and they worship him. Now, if this is the pattern that believers follow, the same pattern that we, that we come to God's word and we see, that we, we go and we tell, we share the good news, and then we cling to Christ and worship, how can we do this part? We can't cling to him physically, right? Not, not yet, at least. But we do cling to our Savior exactly where he tells us he is. We cling to him in his word and in his sacraments. Right? In his word he meets us to give us the same strength, to give us the same faith, to give us the same assurance, the same joy that he gave to the women that Easter morning. In our baptism, Christ clothes us with himself. We cling to him. And in baptism, we have already been united to Him. We have have experienced already, like I said, that that resurrection. We have been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life. We have new life in Him. We go to the Lord's table to receive His body and His blood, and we cling to Him for forgiveness and for strength. Then we come together here. We gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ to worship the one who has done all of this for us. And in all of these things, Jesus' message to you today is the same. It hasn't changed. Do not be afraid. He comes to you with confidence and assurance and peace. He has fought your fight. He has conquered your enemies and through faith, he has taken everything that he won and he has made it yours. He has taken away your condemnation. He has given you purpose and meaning. He has claimed you as his own dear child. He has made you a citizen of heaven. He has given you hope and a future. He has freed you to live in this world and to face all of the challenges that are inevitable, all of the the difficulty that this life constantly throws at us. He has freed you to to taste the, the, the bitterness and the grief and the sorrow of this world, but to still not be afraid. To still endure all of that and to continue to have joy. Knowing that through him we are more than conquerors. Knowing that that because of what Jesus has done, that there is nothing that exists, physical or spiritual, that can separate us from the love of Christ, love of God which is ours through faith in Jesus Christ who is risen. Amen. Please rise to the blessing. The peace which surpasses all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.